Judges 15. After a while, in the time of the wheat harvest, Samson visited his wife with a young goat. And he said, I will go into my wife's room. But her father wouldn't allow him to go in. Her father said, I most certainly thought that you utterly hated her. Therefore, I gave her to your companion. Isn't her younger sister more beautiful than she? Please take her instead. Samson said to them, This time I will be blameless in the case of the Philistines when I harm them. Samson went and caught 300 foxes and took torches and turned tail to tail and put a torch in the middle between every two tails. And when he had set the torches on fire, he let them go into the standing grain of the Philistines and burned up both the shocks and the standing grain and also the olive groves. Then the Philistines said, Who has done this? They said, Samson, the son-in-law of the Timnite, because he has taken his wife and given her to his companion. The Philistines came up and burned her and her father with fire. Samson said to them, If you behave like this, surely I will take revenge on you, and after that I will cease. He struck them hip and thigh with a great slaughter, and then he went down and lived in the cave at Etam's rock. Then the Philistines went up and camped in Judah and spread themselves in Lehi. The men of Judah said, Why have you come up against us? They said, We have come up to bind Samson, to do to him as he has done to us. Then 3,000 men of Judah went down to the cave in Etam's rock and said to Samson, Don't you know that the Philistines are rulers over us? What then is this you have done to us? He said to them, As they did to me, so I have done to them. And they said to him, We have come down to bind you, that we may deliver you into the hand of the Philistines. Samson said to them, Swear to me that you will not attack me yourselves. They spoke to him, saying, No, but we will bind you securely and deliver you into their hands, and they will sure, but we will surely not kill you. And they bound him with two new ropes and brought him up from the rock. When he came to Lehi, the Philistines spoke, the Philistines shouted as they met him. Then Yahweh's spirit came mightily on him, and the ropes that were on his arms became as flax that was burned with fire, and his brands dropped from off his hands. He found a fresh jawbone of a donkey, put out his hand, took it, and struck a thousand men with it. Samson said, With the jawbone of a donkey, heaps on heaps, with the jawbone of a donkey I have struck a thousand men. When he had finished speaking, he threw the jawbone out of his hand, and that place was called Ramath Lehi. But he was very thirsty, and he called on Yahweh and said, You have given this great deliverance by the hand of your servant, but now shall I die of thirst and fall into the hands of the uncircumcised? But God split the hollow place that is in Lehi, and water came out of it. When he had drunk, his spirit came again, and he revived. Therefore its name was called en which is in Lehi to this day. He judged Israel 20 years in the land of the Philistines. In the last chapter, we learned that uh, Samson had tried to get married. It had all gone pear-shaped. He'd got cranky. He went to Ashkelon. He killed 30 men, and he had to give 30 coats to these 30 people. Um, but then he never ended up going back to his wife, and that was after seven days of the marriage feast. So now he decides he's going to go pay his wife a visit. But this is months later. 
because it says in the wheat harvest. So this isn't just like the next week, you know, go down and smooth things over and all right, let's see if we can make it all work. No, this is a long time later, at least months. And, um, you know, you'd think it was all over at that point. Like if you're the, the woman or the woman's father. And so he gets there and he takes a goat and he wants to go into her room. So in Samson's mind, he's married to her and he just wants to finish this all up and get his wife. But the father's like, ah, uh, uh, <laughs> I thought you hated her. I promised her to someone else, you know, have her sister. You can see they thought very differently about things back then. Anyway, he's wild. So Samson gets 300 foxes and ties them in pairs, ties their tails together in pairs, and then puts a torch in their tails, and lights it, and lets them go. So I, I guess um, if you had them in pairs, they're not going to, um, they're gonna fight against each other and try to be running away, and they're not gonna be running together in unison, and so they're, it's going to be, um, I guess if you just had one fox with a fire, it's just gonna bolt. But if you've got two foxes and it's in a standing grain or a standing wheat field, they're gonna move the fire around a little bit all over the place and eventually burn that entire thing down. And so it says that they burn down the, um, the wheat fields, the standing shocks of grain, and the, I think it was the olives was the other thing. Anyway, can you imagine going to Bundaberg a place near Rockhampton where there were like paddocks after paddocks of sugarcane and burning paddock after paddock after paddock down. Uh, <laughs> uh, sugarcane might not be a good example because they do burn it at a certain point, but certain crops like cornfields, you know, imagine uh, the Midwest of America with this, all these farms of corn, you know, like hundreds and hundreds and thousands of acres of it and you burn it down and you're burning down millions and millions and millions of dollars of, of you know income and economy and you can have some very cranky people and this is what Samson does. Some people have thought well how on earth could he have caught 300 foxes and uh, I'd like to just say here that um, first of all they probably weren't foxes like the ones in, in England. Uh, the foxes we have in Australia are like the ones in England in fact they probably came from England so sometimes when you're driving at night, you see a fox on the road ahead, and these are, you know, like an orangey, browny colored animal with a white tip on their tail, the type of fox you might see in, you know, the Disney film, Fox and the Hound. These were not those foxes. So these are like a desert jackal. It's um, a different type of an animal. And um, foxes, the English fox, is probably very difficult to catch. And it's a good question. How could you catch 300 of those? Sure, you could if God was with you, but it's probably a different animal and an easier one to catch for starters. But second of all, why do we assume he caught them all on his own? And one of the commentators was saying this, and it makes a lot of sense, was saying that we read, the, well, we read these things and we think it's written in, because it's summarizing all the events what happened down to like one thing. It just says he caught 300 foxes, but he may very well have done this over a period of time. It may not have all happened in one day. And he may have done this with the help of other people. He may have used traps. Like we don't know how he did it, but this was probably a process, not just an instant activity. So we get the impression that he just got cranky. He went out one day, grabbed 300 foxes and let them loose. It's probably not something that happened in a day. <laughs> it's probably something that took a while. And um, so 
you've got you've just got to uh, realize that they didn't give all the details and the details would be so interesting you know, how would you catch that many foxes you know and and uh, what type of foxes were they in anyway the main thing is for sure is that he, the philistines were really angry with him and they went and burnt down the house of his wife and his father-in-law killed them and you remember back when it was their wedding day the Philistine threatened to burn down her house if she wouldn't tell them the meaning of the riddle. So this is, the Philistines are doing these types of things, threatening to burn down houses and burning down houses. It's, it's a crazy time. Um, it's lawless. You, you think of these movies like about the Wild West and there's no sheriff in town and everyone acts crazy. Well, this is like here. Crazy stuff going on all the time. If you don't tell me what I want to say, I'm going to burn down your house. And um, so then what we, get, what we have after this is, is um, the, the children of Israel, the tribe of Judah, actually hand Samson over to the Philistines. And Samson then gets the power of the Lord upon him and he kills a thousand of them with a jawbone and then he's exhausted. Now the place gets called Lehi, L-E-H-I, which just means jawbone, or that place was called Jawbone Hill. And... Um, Presumably it's there. I am not actually sure exactly where it is. But these, a lot of Bible places, they're interesting because the Bible calls these place names sometimes before the event where the place got called. So for example, it says that Samson went down to Lehi and there he struck down a thousand men. So it's saying he went down to Jawbone Hill and then he struck down a thousand men with a jawbone and then the place got called Jawbone Hill. So you say, that's really weird that they've called the place before the place got named the place. But no, the reason that that happens is because the people who are reading it already know the name of that place. They already know it's called Lehi. And um, so the story is basically explaining how the place got called that name. I wanna finish this chapter with one point, and it's when Samson finishes killing the thousand Philistines and he's laying there and he's exhausted. And he says to the Lord, um, you know, you've given me this great victory, but now I'm going to die. And he called out to the Lord for help. And the Lord caused a spring to come out of the water and he was revived. And I thought about this and I thought, this is a picture of pure grace. It's pure grace because on one, on one hand, what Samson did was the Lord, the Lord helped him anyway. But we are so, we're so fleshly do you know what Samson's going to do in the chapters that are ahead? In the very next chapter, the very next few things that are going to be said about him, it says that he went down to Gath, I think it was Gath, Gaza. He went down to Gaza to visit a prostitute. Well, that's in Judges chapter 16, the next chapter we'll do tomorrow. That's the next thing that gets said. Do you know that God knew that he was going to do that in the very next chapter? But what we got here in this chapter is he, he cries out to God and says, God, save me. I'm tired, I'm weak. Now God, it's the grace of God that answers his prayer even though God knows the very next thing he's going to do is sin. And this is, this is how God is. The grace of God is always, despite the fact he knows how sinful and how weak we are. And sometimes we have our prayers answered and the very next thing we do is something displeasing to the Lord and the Lord knew we were going to do that displeasing thing when he heard our prayer. 
This is how kind our Lord is. And of course, Samson, he doesn't think of himself, we don't get any sense in here that he thinks of himself as a weak person, but the sense we get is he thinks of it as his strength. And, um, but the New Testament reminds us in 1 Corinthians 10, 12, it says, if you think you are standing firm, be careful lest you fall. And a lot of us, we think we're strong. We think we're doing well. We think the Lord is with us. But the truth is, we are weak. The Lord is not always as with us as we think, although he's so gracious, and we're never as strong as we think. There's a scripture in, the, in, in later on in the Minor Prophets, it says, let the weak say I am strong, let the poor say I am rich. Well, that's, you can say that if you know you're weak and if you know you're poor and you know you need the Lord and you look at the Lord and you say, because of the Lord, I am strong and I am rich. But if you, if you think you're strong and you think you're well off, that's a much more dangerous position to be in. And a lot of the time, unfortunately, this is Samson's position and our position too. Lord, deliver us from the sins of Samson. Lord, so easy to judge him. And yet, Lord, we'd be judging ourselves. Forgive us our sins, Lord. Help us to walk in righteousness. Lord, we are weak and we are poor. But Lord, we declare that we are strong because of Christ, what he has done in us. We are rich because the resources of heaven are ours through Christ. So Lord, help us to walk in righteousness. In Jesus' name, amen.